I'm executive editor Dave Nordman from the Telegram Gazette, joined again on this Monday uh, by Alex Guardiola, the Director of Government Affairs and Public Policy for the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce. Welcome, Alex. Dave, thank you for having me. Just a uh, another week. It just seems like uh, was it last uh, just last week we were uh, having a very I thought very spirited uh, debate uh, with uh, for the second congressional district. I know uh, I was uh, one of the moderators and and uh, you were the timekeeper and one of the organizers. And I just wanted to start off by just thanking the the Chamber of Commerce uh, for uh, for uh, co-hosting uh, such a great event. Yeah, and obviously we want to thank you for. Uh stepping up and being the uh, the head moderator and trying to keep everybody on track and uh you know obviously it's tough when you have uh we're in covid land now so uh you know we're all spaced out all over the place uh no no uh, audience, which was a little different. You know, in the past, you have some booze and some cheers, and it was just dead silence. But yeah, and uh, you know, not only uh, the chamber and the Telegram and Gazette, but uh, but some of the other sponsors and moderators that, that stepped up as well. Yeah, so obviously from the chamber side, we had uh, Bob Cox, who was the uh, he's the chair of the. the Chamber board, so he he stepped up. Uh, yeah, from from uh, from uh, Bowdachindui. Yeah. Um, so uh, thank you to, to to Bob Cox and uh, and the League of Women Voters as yeah. well. Yeah, so we had a League of Women Voters as well as uh, Latin Expresso uh, Radio who did the translation for us. So they went back and they translated it for our Spanish speaking folks here in the area. So. Uh, very, very happy to have them all, and they all contributed well, and you know it was a, it was a spirited event. To say yeah, that. and it was uh, like you said, it was fun, and you know we had the opportunity. Uh, we we enjoy putting out Facebook lives, uh, and uh, we we had a a really healthy audience live. Yeah. Uh, we ended up doing it in two parts and kind of putting it together at the end, but had a healthy audience. Uh, uh, you know, tuning in live, and uh, we even had some some people out front of the Mercantile Center yeah. as well. Yeah, it was, it was interesting to see. I, I obviously we were inside uh, doing this thing, but we, you know, taking a look at the pictures after the fact. Well, yeah, you and I had talked, and I told you our plan of yeah. uh, kind of promoting it on our website throughout the day, letting people know that they could tune in at six o'clock on Telegram dot com or Facebook Live, and uh, in in listen to the debate and uh, hundreds of people did that uh, but to, to drive in here um, you know into the lobby of the mercantile center and to to uh, to see all of the supporters from both sides yeah. standing out front of the building yeah and, and I was uh, pleasantly surprised at how many people were there from both sides uh, you know you obviously had uh, Tracy and her folks there on one side but then you had Jim on, and his supporters on the other side and you know a very clean you know setup but there was a uh, it was interesting. I didn't realize that, that there was going to be that many people out there, but it was good to see. Right. And uh, so, you know, just, I guess, leading off today, just kind of thanking the chamber, the League of Women Voters, uh, Latin Expresso, um, and, uh, and 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 Bob as well uh, for uh, for the support. And I thought, like you said, it was a it was a great debate. Uh, it definitely wasn't a boring debate. No. <laughs> uh, there were uh, two candidates with very different opinions. Yes. And they're, they're uh, complete opposites for whatever... Good or bad, but they have their uh, their opinions set, and um, they kind of showcased them pretty well. And I think that you could see the difference between the two candidates pretty clearly. Yeah, and I have to say, even though um, you know, if if Tracy or uh, the congressman are are listening to this, you know, 
I, even though they had completely opposite views, they came at, you know, they have be- different beliefs. They were both uh, very, very polite, yes. you know, well-spoken. Yeah. They stuck to their, uh, their talking points. Um, they both made good points uh, yeah. on both sides of the issues. And I think the <clears throat> readers um, and the listeners came away with a better understanding of where each candidate stood on the issues. And I think that's what you really hope for in in any debate is not, you know, bluster and, you know, and who spoke, spoke the loudest and who interrupted who the most amount of times. It's at the end of the hour and a half. You really knew where each candidate stood. Yeah, and that's really what you want out of a debate, right? You want to, obviously, you know, the the presidential election really gets a lot of the media coverage. But these, you know, district congressional debates or, or races are really important to the local stuff, you know, where you're talking about bringing federal dollars back to your state and your district. These kind of debates kind of showcase where they want to be and what they view on it. So uh, very happy to see that they were, again, you, you, I think you hit it in the head. They were both very articulate. I think they, they made their points. They stuck to their points. Um, there wasn't any interrupting. And, uh, you know, it was, it was just a good spirited debate. Yeah, and uh, kind of shifting gears from uh, from uh, the congressional uh, debate, which we held. And uh, I think it was Congressman McGovern, which said, you know, you have to ask the governor about that. So that's my uh, that's my kind of way to transition yeah. from the congressional uh, debate uh, to uh, to the state house in the governor's office. And uh, and uh, that brings me to our next subject. Yeah. So last week. Um, on Friday morning, he, he announced, uh, Governor Baker announced that there's going to be some money for grants. And that's what we're looking for, grants. We really, you know, loans are great in their own right, but we really, uh, in talking to all our businesses, going into further debt is really not what they want to do, you know, especially when they don't know what's going to happen in the near future. Uh, you know, rolling back some of the phases and the steps in the phases may be a real thing coming up shortly. So we want to make sure that, you know, when they're receiving these funds, uh, they're going to be, you know, a grant versus a loan, so they don't have to pay them back. Um, so, you know, the, the Commonwealth, you know, has made fifty point eight million dollars in grants available to support the small businesses, uh, micro entrepreneurs, their employees, families, and communities. It's going to be overseen by the Mass Growth Capital Corporation. Uh, they'll be administering the funds. They'll they'll, uh, they'll take the the applications in, and it's going to help you know businesses who had been adversely impacted by the pandemic. Uh, the good thing about these are that uh, the preferences will be given to small businesses who owners are women, minorities, veterans, and members of other re- underrepresented groups. Who yeah, and that's yeah, that's I guess that was my big question. As you're explaining, is is, yeah. uh, is who is the target for these for these grants? Yeah, and they're and the good thing for I mean for the city of Worcester is that they're they're going to make uh, they're going to give preference to gateway cities. Uh, so that would be you know Worcester, Lemister, Fitchburg. Uh, Framingham, Springfield. So those cities that really have a, a core urban touch to them and that we really want to you know, help our small businesses. So um, the application opened up last Friday. They're going to be open for three weeks. This money's going to go quick. <laughs> so we really ha- hope that people really get on top of it real, right away. Uh, the last day for the applications uh, to be submitted will be uh, November 11th. Uh, excuse me, November 12th at noon. Uh, so there's a there's a couple there's, there's two different versions of it. One of is for one is for five uh, employees and under, and the other is from five to fifty employees. For those who are under five employees, uh, you can get up to twenty five thousand um, dollars. 
They can be used for working capital to cover business costs, you know, like rent, staffing, utilities, technical assistance, uh, something you know to stabilize your your uh, your business as well as PPE. That's a big thing, you know. Uh, to reopen safely, we really have to have more PPE available for folks. So utilizing this funds for that as well will help them uh, open safely and reopen safely. Uh, on the other side, with a you know a five to fifty. Um, Businesses can receive up to seventy-five thousand, uh, which is a big deal because that's a real, real number that people really could use at this time. Absolutely. Uh, so there is some, uh, you know, some guidelines around it. If, you, if people want to go to the chamber, obviously WorcesterChamber.org, uh, but also you can go right to um, the Mass Growth Capitals website, which is EmpoweringSmallBusiness.org. Uh, right in the front front page, click and be able to go right through the application process there. So I'm checking off my boxes here, and as I always do during interviews, the the who, the what, the when, the where, the why, and and I was just about to ask you the how. Yeah, and uh, you always you always hit me with the how, and uh, just just so people can uh, people can uh, remember. So the how is you can go to obviously you can go to WorcesterChamber.org or you can go to EmpoweringSmallBusiness.org. You can go right again. It's very straightforward. Uh, You're gonna have to have some tax information uh, from 2019, your business had to be operational as of June 30th of 2019. So there are there are some parameters around it. I think that, you know, but they're pretty straightforward. Uh, this is for for-profit only. Uh, they're trying to work on something on the nonprofit side as well. Uh, so, but, but this one is specific to for-profit. Yeah. And, um, and you make a very good point. So, you know, nonprofits, there's much that's been written and said about the efforts that so many people, you know, the Worcester Together Fund and mm-hmm. and, um, and and others have done supporting and propping up our, our area nonprofits. But this program specifically is for for-profit businesses. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, when the Worcester Together Fund came together uh, with that group, you know, there, there were some folks that were kind of, they just didn't know, you know, who this target was for. And it was specific for, you know, low to moderate income, but nonprofits for the most part, uh, our food sources, things of that nature. Uh, this one is specific to our for-profit. So you know, restaurant, auto body, doesn't matter. Uh, but you got to be for-profit, be uh in business by June 30th of 2019, have some paperwork together. Obviously, we're fielding questions. Uh, when we released this on Friday, yeah. my my email box got real full real quick. <laughs> I'm sure. And and so, what are some of the questions? I mean, you know, we often uh, throw out FAQs, yeah. but uh, what are some of those frequently asked questions? Well, eligibility is always the big one, and um, you know, one of the things is you know you can't be a chain uh, now. There are some questions there. If I'm a sole proprietor who happens to have a, call it a McDonald's logo in there, in there sure. do I qualify if I apply as a, you know, my LLC? Uh, so we, we reached out to the state and asked the question. They said, submit it. We'll, we'll review it. And then uh, they'll make a decision at that point. Um, the other thing we always hear about is how, you know, how to apply, you know, the actual application. A lot of places don't have a government affairs person. <laughs> they don't have, you know, uh, someone who does grant writing. So uh, those are the kind of questions that we field and, you know, and asking, again, the how, the what. Right. So, um and I'm, and I'm sure, and I'll, I'll just yeah. throw a hypothetical sure. out there because, you know, I'm sure you get get these questions all the time, but say, Alex, you know, I, I really want to apply for this grant, um, but, you know, I don't have a grant writer yeah. and uh, I don't want to waste my time yeah. if, 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 
if I'm not going to get any money? Yeah, we get that question a lot. Yeah. <laughs> is it worth my time? Is it worth my time? Yep. Um, and I, I tell people all the time, I said, listen, this is your tax dollars at work. These are the money that you put this money into the system. So when, you know, we get some rainy days, uh, you know, you can dip back into it and kind of help you, your business get to the other side of this. So uh, I truly believe in this in the program. I think it's a really strong program that the governor put together. The money is there. The money's there. It's just not like we're waiting on it. Right. <laughs> so it's not like we're saying, like, we hope to apply for money that may or may not be allocated. Yeah. The money has been allocated. They're yeah. going to give it to someone. Right. It could be you. It could be you. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, we, we definitely kind of hit that note a lot. We... Uh, Especially for Worcester. I mean, Worcester's on it. Prior to COVID, we were in that renaissance. You know, right. people we were up and coming. Uh, and we want to make sure that the businesses that were here and have been here for the long haul continue to thrive here. Right. And just to kind of recap with the bullet points, uh, for-profit businesses uh, have to be, uh, have had to have been in business at, on? Uh, June 30th of 2019. Okay. Uh, they must have a physical establishment in Massachusetts. It can't just be, you know, in your retail, your home office. It has to be an actual brick and mortar. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, for profit, that's a big one, whether it's a sole proprietorship, partnership, corporation, or an LLC. Uh, but it has to be a for profit. Uh, you got to be able to document loss of income that is equal to or greater than what you're requesting. So if you show if you show that you know in quarter two and quarter three, uh, you know in 2019 this is where we were at. In 2020, look at look how far below we are the, the mark. So got to be able to show that stuff. Um, got to be in good standing with the state and the town. Got to be you have to have paid your uh, your tax bills or whatever it may be. Uh, so that in order to qualify. Um, and there are some that are not, you know, uh, inel- they're, they're, they are ineligible, which are uh, real estate rentals and sale businesses, uh, businesses owned by eight people of under 18. I was, uh, I was a little striking. I didn't realize that there was a lot of those folks. Yeah, those are just, <laughs> those are just hanging around out there, the uh, 17-year-old entrepreneur. <laughs> right. But you know, listen, obviously, they must be out there because they had right. to put it into the regs. Sure. Uh, liquor stores are, are not qu- uh, able to apply for this. Okay. Um, <laughs> which is funny because I think they did pretty well during COVID. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to have a show of loss anyways on their right. balance sheet. Uh, weapons and firearm dealers. No dice. You can't, you can't apply. Um, lobbyists. So as a, a registered lobbyist myself for the chamber, I could not apply. And then cannabis-related businesses are not able to apply. So okay. there are some guidelines around it. I think, again, if you go to the website, you can kind of thumb around a little bit and you'll be able to see whether you uh, – are qualified or not. If not, you know, obviously reach out to the chamber and ask the questions you have to ask. So that just leaves, it just, that leaves a whole bunch of people who still remain eligible oh, for, yeah. for, you know, any, any amount of dollars. Absolutely. And again, these don't come very often. So right. when, uh, you know, when they put $51 million together to try to help our small businesses, it's yeah. time to really apply. And, and the one thing that I think that we all agree on is um, as we've seen these programs come along, uh, you mentioned it from the outset, um, apply early and don't wait until the money's gone. Right. Because um, they take, and correct me if I'm wrong, but they take the amount that they're going to allocate, they divvy it up and they spend it. Yeah. It's going away. I mean, it's not, they're not going to have some reserves laying around. This is, and when you're talking about, you know, businesses across the Commonwealth, there are thousands and thousands of businesses who are in the same boat as you are at home uh, trying to make it to the other side of this. So uh, really get on top of this right, right. away. And just one more time, they can go to WorcesterChamber.org uh, or EmpoweringSmallBusiness.org. Awesome. 
Well, thank you very much. That is uh, Alex Guardiola from the uh, the Director of Government um, Affairs and Public Policy for the Worcester Regional Chamber of Commerce. Uh, again, my name is Dave Nordman, Executive Direct uh, Executive Editor of the Telegram Gazette. As always, Alex, I appreciate your time, and we'll do it again. Yeah, thank you.